Raising Joyful Children in an Angry World, a podcast dedicated to faithful parents navigating their families through a stormy culture. So what do Aristotle, Aquinas, C.S. Lewis, and Mary Poppins have in common? A wonderful understanding of play. This is Raising Joyful Children in an Angry World, and I'm your host, Paul Osborne. I want to start with Thomas Aquinas because he had this incredible capacity to take Greek philosophers and some of the rich and deep things of questions or wisdom that they had, and he would Christianize them. He would take them and explain them from the Christian point of view. And one of the ones that we're probably not as familiar with is this term eutropia. In Greek, to the philosophers, it meant joyful, witty conversation, fun conversation, the kind of thing where everybody's kicking in with witty comments and we're laughing around a cup of coffee or maybe over a meal. And Aquinas said that the, that the human soul was refreshed in this kind of recreation, which included a playfulness for children. It, it was almost like a Sabbath-like understanding. And, and this is part of the importance that, that Thomas Aquinas was speaking of regarding the importance of play. We see it in the prophet Zechariah. He writes a description of heaven as children playing in the street while the old men and the old women were watching. Maybe you've seen kids play out in the family reunion or something and the old folks are watching and enjoying their play. Or perhaps you remember the movie Mary Poppins where there's two children and she's brought in uh, to be their nanny and their father is this very regimented banker while the mother is a social uh, social justice movement of women's rights. And so Mary Poppins comes in and she takes the kids to fly kites and feeding birds and sort of rattles this regimented dad. But the children are joyful in this free play, this sort of fun time of kites and birds. Now, the Proverbs describes the Son of God as taking delight this sort of playfulness as the Father created the universe. These playful themes are throughout the Scripture. Psalm 104 describes the play of the Levithian, the giant ocean creature. And, and we see it in God's nature. We, if you've had puppies or kittens, or maybe you've been out on a boat ride on the ocean where there's some dolphins around, the playfulness of nature. And what Aquinas and I think Zachariah and these folks are bringing together is this this almost rhythmic life that recreates the soul and play is part of it for our kids. We've always had the sixth day and seven and the seventh day being rest, but there's also a recreation of the soul, a playfulness for children in this as well. It's a ceasing from all of the regimentation. C.S. Lewis in his books called Surprised by Joy talks about moving from seeing Christianity as an interference in his life. And while he's reading a novel by George MacDonald, he is a 19th century Congregationalist preacher in Scotland who sort of starts the fantasy novels that Tolkien and others picked up. And Lewis says while he's reading this, it's like his imagination is baptized with joy. It's hard for anybody, and I'm not certainly theologically capable of explaining this, but when you listen to Aquinas and the prophets and the Psalms 
and the and the proverbs, which are really the things that address our our emotions and our wisdom, you get this sense that God is playful and that our souls need to have a playful part of our life in order to relate to God more fully in the world that he created. It's interesting, Oscar Wilde once said that we learn more with our eyes than with our ears. There's something about experiencing things, and that's what play does. He said, nothing worth knowing can be taught. In other words, there's something about experiencing it. And I'm not so sure I want to go that far with Oscar Wilde, but this this understanding of many people that recreation and play is something that God works with our children in teaching them and in working with their souls. Perhaps it's some of the yeast that he puts in the dough of their soul. And it's hinged, if you will, to Christian liberty. We talked a lot in the last episode as understanding Christian liberty, that God puts a constraint around our freedom as he did in the garden in order that we might have this free play. And that's what I think I want to emphasize is free play that's within that framework of Christian liberty. It all kind of hinges together. I I don't like lists, but it's things like bubbles and Play-Doh, water balloons, hikes, going to the zoo, it's backyard fun, it's kids playing hide-and-go-seek. It's things that don't require lessons, practice, coaches, referees, instructors, playbooks, and memberships. And the reason this is important is that when the soul is not cared for, when we don't take the time to grasp this part of the soul care, we're going to find ourselves in an anxious kind of pace. And we as adults are going to get anxious by it, and some of it is going to drip into our kids. And I think you're going to find, if you do any reading in dysfunctional behavior that comes out in adolescence and young adulthood, anxiety seems to be the mother of many of these dysfunctions. I was just reading this Sunday in the London Times, Idris Alba. He's a 51-year-old actor. He's pretty famous. You've seen him in The Wire. He was in the Netflix Luther. He's talking about being in therapy for a year because of workaholism. Three marriages, 51 years old, and he's finally coming to terms with what he describes as a bad habit, that he needs to get his chill moments and that he's helping to understand uh, this obsession with work. And he says, you know, in my, in my profession, workaholism is rewarded. That's true of just about all of us. But what's interesting about this is that the counseling and the therapy is helping him identify this workaholism that has bound him. The, the challenge I would say, though, with therapy is that it, it doesn't really give you the way to untie it and to unbind it, because this is spiritual. This is something within the soul that we're talking about from the perspective of Lewis and Aquinas and the prophets. And to think that just recognizing that we're bound up by something, that we can untie it, I think is a miscalculation. But most importantly, I, I share this story because it, 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 it brings importance to the aspect of free play regarding the soul of our kids. The thing that concerns me sometimes is that we see a lot more of the church becoming therapeutic. 
you'll hear a sermon. It'll begin with something like, oh, you probably really had a struggle this week. You may, you're, you've got all kinds of problems going on. Or that might even be part of the welcome to worship that day. And look, there's a place for that. And we should be empathetic with people who are struggling. But when every week it's the same sort of uh, discussion, the same sort of welcome, the same introduction to what we're going to discuss, it causes me to concern how much of us are in these dysfunctional weeds and what is it that we're going to do to keep our kids from getting into it, to staying joyful. Anxiety in kids has been on the rise for a long period of time And there's a lot of studies out now, particularly since the post-COVID culture, that our kids paid the biggest price for. And many of them are saying that the lack of independent play is having an impact on mental health. Florida Atlantic University, Oregon State, the Atlantic, there are plenty of things that are out there. And I realize there's always some study that can support something. But I I don't think this is something that we can ignore because it's really tied to the fathers of our faith that are telling us the importance of it. I don't like the term independent play. I like the term free play. Independent means you can do whatever you want. Free play is that you're playing within the boundaries of God's freedom. So playfulness and freedom seem to be hinged together. They're coupled together. And as we understand them, I think we, we see how they influence the soul. I'll give you an example that's hard for me to really explain, but I was the fourth grade substitute teacher for Sunday school this week, and the lesson was on the Israelites finally crossing the Jordan River when Joshua tells the Levites who have the Ark of the Covenant, put your toe in the water, the water dries up, the, the Ark goes to the middle of the river, and the Israelites walk into the Promised Land, and, and then the 12 tribes each pick up a stone. It was a theme of what we follow, who we trust, and what we need to remember. And what was interesting isn't so much the theme of that story, but how much kids remembered fun times with their families. Kids remembered trips down to San Antonio on a lazy river. There was a child that remembered going to Kerrville. And as we're sitting here looking at the rocks and we're we brought river rocks in and we're observing them. This concept of seeing something, not just, not just teaching it. And it just seemed that this, the playful memories, as well as some experiential lightheartedness that was, went into it, the recalls of super, uh, superhero stories, a Lord of the Rings, the things that were coming to their mind, many of them were playful because they were part of joyful families that had taken the time to do it. Tolstoy said that all families who are happy are alike in their happiness, and all families who are unhappy are unhappy in their own way. It's an interesting observation. I'm not sure I share it in the full way that many people do. I think the psalmist said it better. Let those who take refuge in God be glad, requesting God spread his protection over us. I like the way the psalmist says it better. Let those who take refuge in God be glad, requesting God spread his protection over us. It's a picture of playful freedom under God's protection and within the boundaries 
of God's wonderful gifts to us. And in that, it, it, it gives us a, an inoculation from anxiety, and, and it restores our souls when they have been maybe caught up in anxiety. That's the picture that we have of playfulness and of free play and what it does for our joyful families. The ultimate battle for the heart and soul is a fight for identity. Our King invites our kids to know who they are, what to believe, and where they belong. Until next time, let's remember the words, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven.